Yeah, alright everybody, alright everybody, hey, this is, uh, Carbonite Bounty BS, and I, uh, we are the nerds here, bringing you the show, we're gonna talk about The Mandalorian, Chapter 11, The Heiress, and we're here with Nerd Encyclopedia, and why don't I just kick it right on over to my partner in crime, Doc Pound Brown, who's gonna tell you where you can find us. NerdCyclopedia.com, people, make sure that you go into our website to get all our links, at Nerdcyclopedia on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Anywhere, you know, we're all over on social media at Nerdcyclopedia. If you want to leave us some feedback, because we love your feedback, nerds at nerdcyclopedia.com. Make sure that you are um, subscribed to our podcast all over Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, everywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast, we are there. And also, you're watching this on YouTube or even on Facebook, but on YouTube, uh, make sure you hit that notification button and hit subscribe because anytime we're on, you know that we're on. That's right. That's how you get a hold of us and how you get our, our podcast that we know you love because you're already here. And there really is no other reason for you to be here except for that. Um, just to bring us in. So uh, we have been talking a little bit about this sort of episode and what the, what sort of plots it's bringing in from the overall Star Wars universe. And... I am somebody who is really sort of out of bad at keeping track of, <laughs> of the, uh -oh. um, of the, the uh -oh. happenings with the media. And that's partly because I'm old, um, mostly because I'm old. Uh, so today we're going to do something a little different than how we've done on the show before. And Trenton is going to primarily lead the conversation because he knows a little bit more about, about the background on some of the characters we got introduced to this week. Um, so I'm going to kick it over to him to start and we'll just start. So let's, let me do this. I'll kind of throw, throw out a softball here, throw out a softball here. So Trent, where, where, where do you want to start? What do you think is the most important thing that, that, or the most, uh, the, the starting point, what do you think the heart of the show or the episode was? The heart of the episode, really? I mean, and that's really the point we'll jump into a little bit later, but that's really the introduction of what we see as three bounty hunters potentially but we find out that they're mandalorian so really the meat and potatoes of the episode um while we're getting started here also a special big shout out to bryce dallas howard arguably this was the best episode so she did a really really good job on yeah, this she did and, an awesome um, job awesome job it's, it's crazy I, I felt like personally she had the worst episode in the first season on the um forest planet but this is definitely a big bounce back so i a really really great episode here excited for the second half of it Looks like we're at the halfway point. That was the episode where she fell, where the 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 lady fell in love with uh, Mando, right? Correct. Was yeah. That? Okay. Yeah. All right. I like that episode. That was a good yeah. episode. Was, uh, <laughs> it was more promotion for Mando. You know that he he had a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first time we saw his helmet off, somewhat. Somewhat, right? Yeah. We found out that you know that I remember you know we have a classic Star Wars fans talking about. Um, like what they thought about all the different um, characters, and they would always argue about whether or not someone was a robot, right? Whether the stormtroopers were robots or Boba Fett was a robot. So that's kind of, kind of neat stuff there for sure, for sure. I love Ken bringing the emotion into it. That's sort of Ken's job <laughs> on this show is to do that and to bring bring that sort of stuff in. There's a lot of heart. Yeah, he's he's the guy with a lot with a big heart, right? Loves a job. But yeah, as we get things started here, uh, the first point we'll really discuss is um, beginning of the episode. And uh, we notice that the uh, mission has been completed and the, uh, we'll say, amphibious frog family has been reunited. So it kind of gives us our first introduction of 
you know, him completing his first quest, so to speak. Um, uh, so far, uh, uh, Dog Pound Brown, what did you think about the uh, introduction of the completion of the mission and everything? I thought it was a, it was a um, you know, cool, um, you know, introduction. I mean, it was basically a completion of, you know, what came before and um, and leading on, leading us on this next mission, basically. Or what's about to happen next. <laughs> Correct, yeah. Ken, what was your thought about the introduction so far? I mean, I know it was kind of, it was quick, you know, it was kind of abrupt, and then you just start kind of, you know, jumping into, so into things, so to speak. What did you think about the intro? Uh, I, I, I like I like the intro. I mean, I knew that uh, there was going to be some end to the the passenger, you know, him him delivering the, the goods, so to speak. Um, I like the sort of real basic emotion that that the uh, the, the the two frog. Whatever. What the ending is. <laughs> and the husband like came out and it was a nice scene you know and and they have the babies so they're gonna they're gonna procreate the babies big mistake though later on right for mando to leave the child with them because we, we, we already talked about mando's parenting skills so <laughs> bad, very bad but overall i mean i i, I got uh, it, it was his first quest he got it he got it completed um well that's the first quest we've seen anyway series but uh you know i liked it and tons of i mean tons of cool stuff i mean akbars i i forget what that <laughs> but akbars everywhere and no traps i mean it was it was very they're they're really getting to the the heart of the classic star wars feel like the way things really felt so yeah i mean they got to keep it going Definitely. And I, uh, Hitch, what did you think as far as after we complete the quest that we, he asked the question, you know, where, where do I find out this is my type? And we, we get into the, our first really, you know, scene that we see twice of, of them meeting up at the cantina and um, discussions being asked, you know. Well, one of the Star Wars tropes that, that I really like a lot is the cantina. And, and part of what it focuses on to me is the sort of um, how diverse the galaxy is. And we have such a, such a great array of the characters in this in this cantina scene, including a uh, a killick. There's a, that praying mantis sort of thing is called a killick, and that's a big thing from the legends mythology. So I was super excited to see that. Uh, interesting thing about that species is they're not allowed to use the pronoun I. They consider it presumptuous because it means I assume everybody knows my name, right? Weird thing from that's from hmm. X Wing. Like I said, please give me an X Wing series. Uh, I also like the idea that Mando's ship is sort of known as like obviously a hunk of junk. And when it, when it just sort of crashes and teeters over into the, into the ocean, I, I just love how that brings um, It just makes Mando not this all-powerful sort of Jedi, right? He has weaknesses yeah. and he has like a budget. <laughs> He's got to yeah, take yeah. I, I gave you a thousand credits. Yeah, right. I gave you a thousand. <laughs> and, and this is all I get. <laughs> and I and I also like so the the, the Admiral Akbar's are called Mon Calamari, and you expect to see them <laughs> on a water planet. And the the squid guys are called Quarren, right? They're they're they live on the same planet as the Mon Calamari. They're from the same place, and they don't get along. Some cool stuff oh, there wow. for sure. Ooh, this that's X-wing knowledge, and we need definitely, as he said, Star Wars. Please, let's get that, uh, let's get that X-wing <laughs> series in there. Sure. One time, I uh, one time I played Star Wars Trivial Pursuit in like 2004, and it was real competitive, <laughs> and I lost on uh, on the last question, and it was because they were showing um, 
they were showing art like concept Mark McQuarrie concept art and they were like what is this for and I said oh that's a battle droid and the answer was super battle droid and I lost and so <laughs> I tell this story sometimes because Ooh. I just like the, I was molded by a very hot furnace right like it wasn't just me it was a bunch it was a, a little little um little coven of nerds <laughs> so thanks to thanks to Justin and the rest of the Wheeling West Virginia nerd crew for making me have to know that stuff to survive appreciate it Making him what he is is not now the day. Twisted so, and evil, okay. more machine now than man. There we go. So after we lead into the first part, we really start getting into the meat and potatoes, and that's really Din Djarin finally getting a hold of somebody that has a contact. But before we get to the contact, obviously we run into a little conflict. As far as the conflict that happens, he's been double-crossed again. Mm-hmm. So I guess a flaw in his character would be a little too trusting of people, but obviously in these circumstances and these times, he has to go what he has. So um, we've noticed him and a child or in another interaction, which it's almost a death scene, you know, another Kraken or whatever we call the sea creature of this one, but kind of <laughs> kind of thrown into the pits. And um, as far as this, Ken, what did you think of the introduction? Because I know when he went under, I had no clue that this is how it was going to happen. As far as the introduction of the rest of you, the next of your kind, the next of your kind, we'll say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it, kept the, it kept the whole, um, the whole like Western cliffhanger type of uh, conflict, and then here come the rescuers out of nowhere. Um, and wasn't that a sarlacc? Isn't that what that was? Uh, I thought it was a sarlacc. Not sure. All right, I thought he said that, oh, you got to see one of these eating. That's when, hey, come on over here. Ah, you know, there. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it was a great surprise. Like, out of nowhere, here come these three bounty hunters. Uh, I guess we're calling them Mandalorians, even though they're not really Mandalorians. But they've, they definitely. That'll be the hot debate here. Well, is this the way? <laughs> what way is it? They're not following the, the, the creed to the letter. Mm-hmm. Taking their helmets off. Um, there's a lot of secrecy in the Mandalorian creed. And they're sort of like blowing past that. But they are respectful of it. So, you know, it's, it's all good. Um, I think they'll, they'll all hook up again in, the, in future episodes, like for sure. Right. Even though he didn't go with them. But I think he I mean, he's on his own mission. He's he's been given given away to go. And I think he'll he'll meet up with them, meet up with them later. I was a shock to see Starbuck. As, <laughs> as the Gotta yes. love Starbuck. Yes. Gotta you love Starbuck. Her helmet off Starbuck. OK, <laughs> that's that's great. But yeah, I mean, I like that. I like the whole scene and the child again in in peril and getting saved and the poor little guy and the, everyone's gonna love that. Yeah, yeah, this carrier's gone, so I don't know what's gonna happen now. There's no baby carrier anymore, so. He'll uh, he'll get a nice. Right. So as far as this uh, dog pound, uh, we get the introduction of a character known as Bo-Katan and two other, I guess. Um, I guess we'll say Mandalorians, but uh, I guess Mandalorian extremists to the other end. So we kind of get our first thoughts of him thinking they're not Mandalorians, but, uh, you know, more sheriffs, so to speak, or, or people stealing armor. What did you think about that? 
Well, apparently, this isn't the, the only way, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I thought it was great. Um, the the for them to take off the helmets is a really great writing callback to the first episode where you know Timothy Oliphant's character forgot his name already. So don't don't hashtag hate DP. Um, we see you know him take off his helmet, and we're thinking, okay, you know, this is another team of people who have stolen some uh, Mandalorian gear. So. But we find out, okay, no, um, this isn't the only way, even though Mandel thinks that there's just a certain way. So we, we get these group of people who have, um, I guess, are a different sect of Mandalorians. And it's really deepened in my um, the, uh, curiosity. Well, I thought because of, you know, the first season, we're thinking Mando only has, uh, you know, one set of people, you know, a sect of uh, Mandalorians that we could follow. And this is the way. So we find out that there are sets upon sets and, um, you know, uh, the, the religion and, and everything is a lot more complicated than what we actually thought. So if you're coming at it, you know, coming at this from a um, non-Star you know, Star Wars perspective, you don't really know too much. This really intrigues you. You know, and like um, Ken said, we're seeing Starbuck, you know, <laughs> you know um, her her coming, um, you know, take, you know, take the helmet off and a little bit of trivia. So apparently she is the Katie Sackoff, you know, that's her, um, you know, um, act, actress name. She uh, voices um, the the she's a voice on the um, Clone Wars, too. Right. And Rebels, I believe. Yeah, she's a voice. So that's, that's a hell of a. <laughs> a hell of a, a, a reveal to have the same actress who voices the, um, the uh, character on an uh, animated show to do the actual character in live action. So that's just, that just won so many you know bonus points for me. And other little trivia is you know we got um, Sasha. She's Sasha a Banks. WWE wrestler. Yeah, Sasha, yeah, Sasha Banks. Banks. Yeah, yeah. She she she's a she's a cousin of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> so she's on the show, you know, um, doing her thing. And um, I, I didn't really recognize the third guy. But, you know, these group, you know, this particular group here um, is, is very interesting how they're going to come back, you know, later down the line because we find out she's the heiress. Uh, well, I guess if you do a little bit of research and we could talk a little bit later about that. But right. to, to stick back to this, I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Hitch, as far as this, you know, we're kind of tying in now the, the really meat of the, the yeah. episode. Um, what was your first thoughts of the whole introduction of, um, you know, he's one of them? You know, it was that really, like, stood out to me as far as when I heard mm -hmm. that word, I'm like thinking, what's going on? They really opened up the, the, the knowledge book here, and as we say, the encyclopedia of, you know, what are these different sections and what are they talking about? Well, this is maybe the one of the first times that Mando has, has needed assistance getting out of a jam here. He's not, you know, he's sort of at a loss. And, and you know, I was I was sort of making mental odds in my head. It's like, how who do, who do I think will win here, the monster and the crew or the Mando? And I was sort of like 50-50, right? I was like, he's going to pull out that special weapon. He can take the crew out, no problem, and then he's got to deal with the monster. But having them come in and rescue him and do so so efficiently and do such a good job of it and and to be, you know, wearing their Mandalorian armor. And as we know uh, from my, my wife making me watch some episodes of the cartoons after we watched it, so that <laughs> armor is supposed to be recognizable, research. right? Some, a little bit of uh, non-optional research for me. 
Uh, what I love about this dichotomy between the two groups is it's just like, you know, um, like me, me and me and, uh, and dog found are, are fans of different football teams. And we are, we grew up pretty much in the areas where we're the fans of, right? Oh, I've always lived around Pittsburgh, so I've never been a, uh, you know, an, a, a, an opposition fan, right? I've never lived in enemy territory, but I know Steeler <laughs> fans specifically have this reputation of being obnoxious because they don't live anywhere near Pittsburgh. And so they're just like sore thumbs everywhere, right? Yep. In everybody's eye. Yep. Yep. And it's, and yep. it's different if you're in the city where you're a fan of the team, right? Because it's not so obnoxious and in, in your face. And I think that in this case, the difference between the Mandalorians coming with Bo-Katan and, and our Mando is that our Mando is, a, a, he's lives somewhere else. He doesn't live on Mandalore. So he is sort of like the embodiment of all the toughest, hardest pieces of this warrior ethos and when you're on mandalore you get, don't just get the warrior piece of the culture you don't just get that sliver of the culture that's like the, the edge of a dagger you get the whole picture you can see all the edges and so you don't just have you know the story of the manhattan project right you also have the story of all the arts and everything else and that's going to change your viewpoint on the culture right that's going to change where you put your roots in and that dichotomy is interesting because as as Bo-Katan says, she is a Mandalorian by like birthright citizenship, and our Mando is a Mandalorian by sort of cultural adoption. Right. So it's right. very, great, very great different. Point. Great so point. interesting. Great point. But I, I love I love that they found a way to put, you know, the child at a risk that was credible, which is hard to do for them, right? Because, you know, we we all know right. this, and, and this is the plot armor thing, right? They will never kill the child. The child will not die accidentally at any point he will not get he will not die in a car crash he will not get like you know he's not going to fall in the ice by himself and die it's going to be something direct and it should be right because you don't want to see a story where you do all this stuff and then there's you know that eh, oh well we'll just move on right so so okay question big question yeah. um would you call this a plot hole to make up for the fact that on the the cartoons um you have uh the mandalorian taking off their helmets and then in the show um, you know, him taking off, not taking off the helmet as a way to, you know, just make up for the fact that, um, okay, well, we need a reason to get his helmet off. <laughs> so um, let's try to connect these two shows, you know. Um, I mean, it, it all fits as far as, like, the history and everything. I totally understand that. But it, it just seems to me in a little bit, okay, we need to find a way to get his helmet off in the future. Right. Uh, and I mean, that that kind of ties back into the thing that we found out, you know, reading outside of this is some kind of, uh, I guess, Pedro Pascal issue that he had an issue with not doing more scenes with his helmet off. But, um, you know, like I said, I don't know as far as him reading the script, if he was really a Star Wars fan. But, uh, you know, as we're alluding to now, he was known as a part of the watch, which is really, I guess, a an extremist group of mandalorians who left mandalore but they were more ancient mandalorians who felt that you should not take your helmet off at any point um, children of the watch right uh there's there was the watch there they were known as death watch children of the, the children of the watch were the youngest were the foundlings so the youngest sector okay watch. so okay um and kind of like tying it in i mean the the next thing we'll talk about is really the dark saber which is the underlying i guess quest that you know bo-katan and everybody goes on to she keeps alluding to i'm trying to get it back you know and and why we're questing for you know the next part of this discussion would be the overtake of the ship which is you know pretty pretty big so um 
we'll tie some of the uh, some of our other thoughts here at the end. But uh, as far as moving the episode along, Ken, what did you think about you know the the next side quest is and basically you said to these side these westerns we're taking over the stagecoach we're about to go assault somebody and uh, take over us you know some sort of some sort of star destroyer you know I was shocked about yeah. that. I, I like the uh, I like when the uh, they landed on the landed on the ship and the, the stormtroopers are like pirates and you know it's like this happens all the time. <laughs> you know. like, oh no, we're all gonna die now because there's pirates on our ship and this is and, and and you find out later that that they are the ones that have been doing this to the new empire for however long for months and months and months. These are the the sword the sword thumb of the. Uh, you know this the the, uh, the splinter in the empire's butt, so to speak. <laughs> but that I mean they 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 took over the ship. They were calculated. They knew exactly how to do it. All kinds of great. Um, um, I, I I had the feeling that we were going to rescue the princess again. I mean the whole <laughs> thing where you, need, you don't need a bazooka to take out a tank. You can take it out with you know some flint and steel. You know you know how to use it so they were able to get in there take over they knew which corridors to go down they were very calculated very very planned out um a lot of cool stuff through that whole thing um all the way up to the end where the the poor admiral in charge of this ship now has to down it and you know he's okay for the empire along with the empire lots of <laughs> there too uh, but it was a it was a really good scene. I I enjoyed it. I was like sort of, you know, giggling away. Oh look, oh, that check that out. The elevator, you know, the elevator lights. The stormtroopers are waiting. Again, stormtroopers can't shoot. <laughs> so there's a lot. Of I enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, uh, tossing this back to you, Hitch here. Um, as far as this kind of final uh, segment, you know, or Act Three, I guess of the um, the episode. Uh, what was your thoughts about hearing, you know, obviously we get the reveal of, you know, Moff Gideon's obviously still tied to the Empire, kind of like this, as he said, new Empire, I guess, pre-Final Order. It kind of, as Dogpond alluded to, leaves another pothole as far as, do they know that the, you know, Emperor is dead? I mean, kind of, it it leaves a lot of holes, in the, so to speak. I mean, obviously the Death Star is gone, but as we find out here in, I don't know, 10, 15 years from now, that... You know that he's somewhere in the outer region. So, what did you think about the, uh, you know, the ending of the episode? Well, I think that there's a difference between the Forest Order as constituted once Palpatine regained control of himself and and his and a body and uh, and that sort of thing. And I think that's probably the secret sauce of the First Order and why it was effective when, you know, we're being treated to just a litany of incompetence here from <laughs> from the Imperials, right? Like, I mean, goodness gracious, you wonder how the heck they ran. They they actually won the war and how they ran an empire, yeah. right? And and this goes back to, you know, uh, the um, this idea that the emperor does this battle meditation thing, which is a power he has where he makes all the coordinated parts run together like a well-oiled machine. Right. And without him, these people are idiots and they are just they're just sycoph they're sycophants. They're chosen for their loyalty instead of their competence. And so they're always terrible. Right. Even the stormtroopers. What, what is what do we hear right as soon as they they mention the stormtroopers? They couldn't hit the broadside of a bantha. I laughed out loud at that because they're terrible, terrible <laughs> shots. Uh you know, one thing one thing that I loved about this heist, and, and I like that we get sort of the heist of the week, right? I've always said that I enjoy that about this show. It's a Western, and it's, it's really cool. I liked how they used the 
sort of the geometry of a an escaping plane to really make uh, to really make some of the actual plot elements sing. I liked how they sucked everybody out the back of the plane <laughs> when they were all faced vertically, yeah. and how like the gravity system failed as soon as they got sucked out. Uh, the idea that they got trapped in <laughs> the controls <laughs> was really funny. Um, a lot of really interesting subversions, and of course. Um, we get our hail hydra moment at the end, which I always think is funny. Like, well, if you're just going to commit suicide, <laughs> right. I mean, you know, they didn't say they were going to torture you, right? I mean, what's the difference? I, I, I always enjoy it when we get a little action sequence and there's a little bit of, like, is he going to leave, right? And here's the thing. Right. If he leaves, is the child not better off? Does the child need to get back to the Jedi? Or would the child be happy with these lizard people? You know, with I mean, obviously, an easy food source. Got to be happy about that, right? <laughs> so, you know, this is the sort of thing that ma that the Mandalorian does really well, where it can inject, one, this action sequence. But we already know the stakes of the action sequence, and we already know why we want Bo-Katan to win this interaction, right? There's not a lot of ambiguity for us. We know that, that, that she's honorable, at least, or at least uh, good enough. We're happy that she ends up with the ship. So it's some good stuff there. Right. I think it's a really great way to sort yeah. of bring in this sort of showcase of what are the Mandalorian's abilities, right? What can the Mandalorian right. do? What can't the Mandalorian do? Because when you are a living Swiss Army knife, your abilities <laughs> essentially limit and, and implicate the plot. You know what I mean? So we have to know that stuff. So it's always nice to get a showcase in, in an episode like this, you know, um, as an action sequence. It's always great to see the Mando in action. I enjoyed it heartily. Right. I mean, Dogtown. What was you saying? Go ahead. I, I, I said I, I was just um, happy to see Titus Wolliver. Yeah, know, he's my, <laughs> uh, one of my yeah. my favorite um, actors yes. from Lost. You know, the Man in Black. You know, um, doing his is 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 his favorite you know facial expressions and everything as the Imperial Captain. So that was a um, a good pleasure to see. Oh, I, I wish he was in more stuff. You know, Star Wars related. Um, so we, we could just, just see the way, just the way he looks. Mm -hmm. So, um, it was a really good, I, and, and to have a team up episode, we had a team up episode with, you know, the Mando last season and every, every you know, and everything, um, when he went to, um, uh, where did he go to? Uh, da, 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 da. He went to that, to that ship to, um, uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. The there, it was like episodes. Oh. Yeah. The prison. Yeah. He went to the prison. Yep. So. Yeah, we get another team up, you know, episode basically on a um, stage called Heist, like, you know, you guys have just said. And it's great to see when Mando teams up with other, you know, like-minded folks, I guess if you want to call it. Um, but just, you know, since we just see him solo all the time, you know, doing his thing, to have him team up with other, you know, um, other uh, other people, you know, it's, it's a really good thing just to see how he reacts and how he adjusts himself. Um, you know, based on those facts. So that was a really good thing to see, you know, doing a whole stagecoach heist. And, you know, right. you know, Dog Pound, I wanted to, to bring this up too. Thank you for reminding me of this. I talk about this show as a Western every single week, and it's awesome to see them bringing cast members of Deadwood into the into the picture, right? Because <laughs> Titus plays Silas in Deadwood, and uh, if you have not seen Deadwood, it is the second best Western I've seen in the last 15 years after The Mandalorian. <laughs> second best Western. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so, I mean, as, as we start kind of building this giant puzzle that they've kind of dropped in this episode, um, we obviously get the end reveal that um, 
she has our Jedi contact uh, on a far plan known as Corvus, and that name alludes to the character of the Jedi known as Ahsoka Tano. Um, big thing I pulled out of the ending is is they did the name drop and everything as far as this is, you know, she mentions wanting the Darksaber and getting yeah, that back. Yeah. But um, yeah. the big thing, you know, that a lot of people forget is the Darksaber is only one in combat. Um, I was just trying to trace this as an episode of my mind, tying back to some of the other series. I know that Maul got it from pre Vizsla, which was the second Mandalorian who had it after Tar Vizsla, which was known as the Mandalorian Jedi. He actually created the Darksaber. So it's essentially a Jedi's lightsaber. Um, so the question becomes is, obviously Maul dies in Rebels. Sabine gives it to Bo-Katan, but Bo-Katan is not dead, and Moff Gideon has it now. So how did he get it from her? And I think, hopefully they tie that together there, but that was kind of the thing that kind of threw a loop for me is how is she still alive and Moff Gideon has it if you can only assume the the weapon through combat did, did we ever see in, in in rebels or clone wars um when she lost it no did, did, did we so so okay so that's that, that was that's just been implied yeah it's implied i mean Moff Gideon has it and she says she wants her thing her her weapon back so i mean it's known in Star Wars we, we, we did the only the only way to okay. get it is in, by death by combat. So you assume the weapon by you know killing the the the, comp- the competitor. So that's how Maul got it from Previsla. He killed him in combat. So Oof. yeah, I, I I see. Um, Starbuck can have her own series. <laughs> so, so they could take this this um sect of Mandalorian and actually have it separate from the Correct. Mandalorian. And actually do their own series just with, you know, with that. I mean, that's what makes this whole thing just so great. And it opens up. It actually really was a really good episode for me because it opens up something other than the um, the child, you know, to deal with. You know, it's, it, this is a whole thing that's just separate from the actual, ch- you know, from the child and the quest. Um, we remember last episode I was talking about, okay, is there anything more than just a child that we're going to deal with? Um, with you know the Mandalorian, and here I got my answer. It, I got more more than you know what I you know asked for. It's just a whole it's a whole complicated you know splinter of like sixteen uh, a thousand ways you could go with with this lore. It's it's just amazing, right? And Ken, uh, just real quick as far as tying into this episode and kind of the the conclusion of it. What were your real thoughts as far as, you know, we get the, the name drop of Ahsoka, um, you know, it was just, what do you, as, as Dog Pound just said, what do you think that they're looking to do here? Obviously, they've kind of pre-confirmed the season three, but as Dog Pound said, I mean, you know, we don't have to follow Din anymore. We can go with Bo-Katan and them and see if they were to do a season four, you know, resieging Mandalore. Uh, what are your thoughts about as far as kind of the, the way they at the fork in the road, so to speak. Well, I think that they would, like like DP said, I think they could do a separate show. I don't think they're going to mess with this line that we have going on here. I think this this is going to be Mando and the child, and the ultimate goal is to deliver this child back to the Jedi. I mean, whatever else happens, they, they but I think they're going to do that on a set, unless they bring it around somehow. Like somehow those three come back and help Mando complete the complete the mission. 
but I don't. I think they've got enough meat here to really carry out the story. I mean, it, I think a separate story, a separate series, would be the way to go. I think personally. Yeah, don't 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 get me wrong. Um, when I say okay, it, they could have their own show. They definitely could have their own show. Not to say that they should, <laughs> because right. I love seeing Mando and the Child, and you know, you know this this sector, the Mandalorian. But um, is I'm just excited because it's just so it's, it's a lot of ways they can go. Well, let's not yeah. let's go not ahead, down <laughs> let's not downplay the idea that there should be you know that this series should spawn a hundred spinoffs that are awesome, right? As many as possible, <laughs> just like that, just like the Frog Lady and her eggs, right? We have a better shot if there are fifteen Star Wars series pumping ten episodes of you know a year out like this, and we have a better shot of getting more Star Wars. That, that's all I got to say about that. Hey, more more Star Wars and go ahead, Ken. Well, and then what I was going to say is just as as the uh, uh, the Razor Crest jetted off, I and that little piece was floating around there. I mean, give that man a new ship. <laughs> <laughs> Within the next two episodes, I want to see him in a maybe not Slave One, but something similar to that. Cross the Falcon with Slave One. Give it. Some, I mean, but he needs a new ship. That ship is done. Over. <laughs> Spent a lot of money. Still couldn't get it fixed. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think everybody's credit. had a car like that, right? <laughs> Where you just like got it, and you was like, you know, eventually you just had to just leave it somewhere. You know, leave the keys in it. Yeah. Picture, yeah. right? <laughs> click, click. Like what? Well, I know this is a fun part of every episode, but. Uh, Leading into the end here, our final remarks as far as this episode and, you know, leading into, obviously, the next one. Um, so we'll start off with Dog Pound. So what are you looking for forward to in the next episode, or what are you, some of your final thoughts that you, uh, you know, kind of questions that came up to you at the end of this one? I mean, it's, it's, it's like I said before. I mean, they opened up a whole new um, way of doing things. You know, um, this apparently this is not the only Mandalore, you know, set. So I'm excited to see Boca Raton. I, I really want to see her and, you know, her crew and how that goes in, like, future episodes. Um, I'm anxious to see, you know, um, just the different aspects of their religion. And um, from the things I've read, it's, it's a lot of, of things, you know, going on with their, with their creed. Um, I'm not so much concerned about, you know, him getting the child to the Jedi unless they they turn that around to make it more interesting i'm more in i'm <laughs> my way is going to where uh, uh boca you know boca um boca time not <laughs> boca time <laughs> <laughs> right boca time i'm 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 on that train i'm on that train he's on vacation it's retirement already. time for yeah, you ready to go yeah oh man what about you ken well, I'm I'm stuck on the. I mean, I think the the child the going back to the Jedi, like I'm looking forward to that because, as far as I knew, in this whole timeline, the whole original Star Wars timeline, the Jedi are extinct, done. So here are some new, new Jedi that I don't know anything about. I mean, there's been no. They're not talking. They haven't talked about Skywalker or anything like that. Uh, so these are hidden secret want to take this child and do something with him whether it's him or her i guess it's a him i think it's more i think it's male but i think they're gonna they're going to train it and bring raise it and do some really great thing with it so i think that's i mean that's that's what i'm interested to see that this ultimate 
he's got to meet up with these other Mandalorian that are going to help him find these hidden Jedi. Right. Yeah, to tie in what you just said, I mean, I, I kind of felt the same thing in this episode. Um, leading into this, the most important thing, as you said, the only thing I know as of now would be that um, we have Luke Skywalker alive. Obviously, it's just confirmed that Ahsoka Tano is alive. So in my mind, it's a far-fetched story, but I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Luke Skywalker. In my mind, that's who they have to get the child to. So I, I'm not sure. That I'm pretty, would be I'm, awesome. I'm not 100 percent awesome. sure it's not going to be Mark Hamill, but there may be a Luke Skywalker to some extent that I think that they will either hear of. They might flash him on the screen, but I think overall, the end of the quest, it has to be Luke. Whether it's his new academy, if they're going to take this foundling and you know set it with other four sensitives, but I mean, in my mind, to kind of look forward. That's kind of where I'm headed as far as Ken is saying. I, I, it's just cool to know that there's more than Luke Skywalker alive now. There's Ahsoka, and hopefully we find some other Jedi or more Force-sensitives. What about well, you, Well, they, they do have de-aging technology now. We've seen it in Ant-Man, and we've seen it in some right. of the Marvel you know, Marvel movies, so it's not a far-fetched thing if Mark Hamill wants to be de-aged and come back you know, just for like a couple seconds. Cameo. He sounded pretty salty at the end of nine, so I don't know about that. <laughs> People like John Favreau; he's he's a um, you know, good guy. <laughs> at a certain point, Mark Hamill doesn't own, own the rights to his likeness, so it really doesn't matter what he thinks about whether or not Luke's going to be in this show. It matters what Disney thinks, probably. Uh, I'm excited to find this link to the Skywalker saga, and I I know, I know, I know. I talk about how I don't care about the nobility of the Star Wars universe because I'm a revolutionary at heart, but. Anakin Skywalker's apprentice is about to enter the picture here. And you guys are absolutely right. Luke Skywalker is, as of now, in the Star Wars universe, because I think we are about five years post-destruction of the second Death Star. It's about nine years ABY or after the Battle of Yavin. So Luke is currently building up this Jedi Academy that Ben will destroy. So we know for a mm. fact that there will be a Jedi Academy, and we know for a fact that Ben Solo is going to murder a lot of people at this Jedi Academy. So the, the fact of the matter is that these apprentices of Luke's that he's developing, these other Jedi, are, are in for a very dark fate, most likely. This is all dangling over their heads as plot points explored in a, in a mainline Star Wars canonical movie. Uh, I hope they bring Luke in, and I think they definitely have the technology. You know, I was thinking, Mark Hamill did a lot of work on Episode Eight. <clears throat> he was there for a long time, and... Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's already got it all in the can, and this is all just a big, a big boondoggle for us. Who knows? But I'm, I'm excited to see where they're going with, sort of. They're building this kind of like, um, like Mando's crew, right? Like if you right. were, like if Mando had to pull off an ulti ultimate heist to get the dark saber back or whatever. We're sort of building up the crew and like meeting the people that would kind of factor into that. And any time that we see the cast of characters expand in Star Wars. And anytime they bring in these actors that are just quality character actors to do this job, it means the quality of the merchandise. <laughs> and I mean actual, this is Star Wars production, not the Star Wars merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> Although that's important <laughs> for, the, for, for the culture of the fandom. Uh, I just think that they're doing a really great job getting the right talent in place to portray these characters. The writing is excellent. And of course... You know, they've gone about producing this show in a manner that is duplicatable. 
they can make, they can expand this because the Mandalorian is, if nothing else, a proof of concept on the production of in-camera effects. And that means that, and this is just something that on a, on a very, very, very much smaller scale I deal with, I will tell you it is a lot easier for us to do our show and for me to get the effects and the timing and the music and the fades, everything live in camera than it is for me to go back and edit it. And I will say it probably takes 1% of the time, maybe 5% of the time, if I can get it all captured live. So this makes me hopeful that what we are going to see is these sort of you know backdoor pilots. I want to see a backdoor pilot every season from The Mandalorian. I think last year we got that, you know, that prison escape, and I felt like a backdoor pilot. And I feel like this year, this is a backdoor pilot for yes. this crew. Yeah. Bo- Boca Raton's <laughs> crew. <laughs> Boca Raton, yeah. Uh, Trent, what are you, you got any last thoughts for us before we start uh, wrapping up here? People are getting tired uh, on Sunday night. Yeah, it's definitely Sunday night. So not really, really too many thoughts other than, like I said, excited for the next week. Uh, you know, I guess the, my final thought is let's let the – fandom be the fandom and let's leave uh i guess gina caruso alone i know there's a lot of stuff in the fandom going on the only thing i can say is let's separate the person from the character i don't care personally what she does or who she tweets about or what her feelings are all i care about is as we know her character in the show so i guess that's the thing on my final thought is just let's let that go as far as a fandom and move forward we want to see card done we don't i don't care about gina caruso <laughs> all righty then all right, everybody. So that's going to do it for us here on uh, on Carbonite Bounty BS. And uh, we we're glad you decided to join us if you did. Some some Someone might have. Uh, you can find all our stuff by going to our website, www.nerdcyclopedia.com. That's spelled like encyclopedia or just look on the, the website, you know, look above me. Uh, you can also get our stuff uh, here and you can get our stuff on iTunes. So make sure you subscribe to all our different feeds. We will definitely be back this week to see where this show is going, and I'm excited about that. Uh, anybody else have any final stuff to pitch or uh, plug or anything like that? I've got a new um, Kickstarter coming up soon, so make sure that you guys check out my theme of thieves. I am the writer of the theme of thieves, and I got Dan Ekus of Odyssey fame, you know, doing the artwork. So very excited about my Kickstarter coming up November 25th. Definitely check that out. You know, Dan's a, a friend of the show. He's been on our show before. We had a really great conversation with him around Watchmen and the comic book industry. Uh, I've checked out the script, and I've seen the, you know, the proof pages you've gotten together so far, DP. Story is excellent. I think everyone ought to check that out. Uh, oh. The theme of thieves.com. I'm sorry. Hey, it's cool. <laughs> theme of thieves.com. All right. So there you DP, go. DP, there is no, this is the <laughs> most important part of the whole show. So it's cool. You can, you know, that's what I mean. You know, we want to get people's eyeballs on this stuff. Um, there we go. All right. So that's all I got right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, tickled pink that we got such a great episode this week. And, you know, I think everybody sort of agrees. And like we always say here on, on Carbonite uh, Bounty BS, uh, you know, we're glad you joined us. And, uh, hey. We'll see you next week. This is the way. Catch you soon. This is the way. This is the way. Nerd Cyclopedia.